Hi, welcome to That's What She Searched. I'm Tara, the Director of Search at UTech. And I'm Sarah, the Manager of our SEO team here at UTech. Today we're going to be discussing some SEO hot takes that Sarah and I came up with and a few new search features released on Google recently. I am excited both to share my unpopular opinions on <laughs> SEO and to hear yours. Um, but first, Tara completed her first Wordle today. First Wordle ever. Like it's hard. It was hard today. It that was, was a hard, hard one. Me and Sarah team worked it, but we got it. Still a challenge. <laughs> um, and then uh, Tara found an Easter egg. <laughs> Tell us what you saw on Google. I just Googled Wordle and noticed that the little Google icon turned into like little Wordle squares, but I got a little carried away. I was like, this is so cool. I have not noticed this before. I bet we're the first people ever to see this. And then I saw that it has literally been published everywhere. So not much of a secret Easter egg, but still a fun one. It has it like special to us. Yeah. The little six blocks in the corner. If you Google the word Wordle. Yeah, it's cute. It's a cute little Easter egg. So before we jump into our hot takes, um, if you're listening on Spotify, you're actually able to vote in our poll and let Tara and I know if you agree or disagree with our unpopular SEO opinions. Um, so Sarah, what is one of your SEO hot takes? So my first hot take here is that low volume keywords are still worth optimizing for. Um, mm. <laughs> I know this won't be a popular opinion, but I do think that there can still be value in lower volume keywords, especially if they're highly relevant to your audience. Um, I also find that a lot of the people also ask results can be low volume. If you plug them into like Ahrefs mm -hmm. or SEMrush, they might not return a high search volume, but to me, the fact that it's a people also ask feature. Um, and I feel the same way about like the autocomplete feature mm -hmm. on search. Like if you start to type a word into search and you add a qualifier and make it a little bit longer tail and you'll see like the autocomplete results. To me, that shows that Google is driving users to those queries. So even though the volume might not technically be high as it's reported on ranking tools, um, I still or keyword research tools. I still think that they're worth optimizing for. I think that can definitely be true, especially, I mean, in Ahrefs, it'll show you like the average, you know, clicks you get from a keyword. And so you can find a pretty low search volume keyword, but has a relatively high, you know, click rate um, for the amount of volume that it has. And that can be very, very beneficial for the quality of content or quality of traffic that you're getting. I couldn't agree more. Um, What's your hot take? Hmm. I would say one of my hot takes is that uh, high bounce rate isn't always bad, which we did discuss this briefly on our bounce rate podcast episode. Um, What's like an example of when you wouldn't be concerned about a high bounce rate? So if you're kind of more of just like an informational site, um, perhaps like uh, you are a blog site or, you know, something specific like that, where you're just providing information. Um, if someone were to come to your web page, get what information they need um, and leave, 
that's not necessarily bad because that's what you're there for. Another example that I think we discussed on that episode was a recipe page. If someone's searching for a recipe, they're going to come to your recipe page for that, for that specific recipe and then leave. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, or if someone's just looking for hours or something, hours of operation for your brick and mortar space, you know, that's not um, always negative. So high bounce rate doesn't always mean a bad user experience. Um, and I think that can go for a few different industries. Preach. I have another content related unpopular opinion. Um, I think that for certain queries, old content can still rank well. So we hear a lot about freshness and freshening up old content, and that's still a good idea, but it is a little bit like query dependent. So there's some queries where you'll notice that the top results are really old, but it might be for a query where that information hasn't changed in a long time. Yeah. So if it's an authoritative site and the information is the same, there's not always a need to update it if it's still ranking well. Yeah. Um, I was doing a little research. I can't remember what exactly it was, but it was something Google related, like SEO related. And I noticed a few of my first page results were from like 2013. And that would of course be a situation where that's not ideal just because so many things are changing, um, so regularly with Google. Um, but it just goes to show that old content can definitely still rank on the first page, no matter, you know what the topic is. I saw an article about this a while ago from the Ahrefs blog, and the example that they used was how to tie a tie, which as Not we know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably hasn't example. changed any time recently. And um, some of the top ranking results for that query were pretty old content. That's a good example, like how to queries. Those yeah. probably won't change very much for a lot of different topics. Um, Speaking of content, don't necessarily think longer content is, is always better. Um, depending on, you know, what the topic is, you don't need a four page long response or, or blog to get what you're, to get what you're looking for. Um, I know going back to recipe pages too, a lot of people do like make that content super long. Um, and everybody gets annoyed of that, makes jokes about how you go through her grandma's family history to get to the recipe. Um, and sometimes that can be very frustrating. I've noticed that a few of the top results for recipes are no longer like that. Um, and they're like just straight to the point, here's the recipe. And I think that that's where it can be a user experience type thing rather than uh, doing it to pick up more keywords, you know, and that can be beneficial. Yeah, I agree. I think for e-commerce sites, that's also true. Absolutely. Um, yeah. On a product page or collection mm -hmm. page, too much content can get in the way of conversions sometimes. So, yes, absolutely. you know, include what's needed, but a bunch of thin content isn't better for the user. And I don't think it will really help your rankings. Yeah. I think better content helps your rankings. Yeah. Longer doesn't always equal better though. I agree. That could also, I think, be applied for like, if you were a website for a local business, that's going to be proximity based and you don't need a ton of content to rank for keywords that are like um, geo based, you know? 
So it's, it's completely like based on what your website is for too. Totally. That's where you start to see like that really thin content that just no one wants to read. It's yeah. not helping anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll throw one out there that might be a little bit more controversial. Um, <laughs> technical SEO doesn't always need to be your top priority. So I'm not saying it's not important. It definitely is, but I think it does depend on the website and the goals and the industry and the competitors and the landscape and what your priorities mm -hmm. should be. I think sometimes um, concerns might get raised about maybe um, Core Web Vital scores or page speed, and those are super important for users and for search, but the juice isn't always worth the squeeze. So if it's mm -hmm. going to take a full site rebuild or revamping things or losing features that you need for your business to work, and you notice that maybe like your competitor sites are not faster than yours, you might be okay to prioritize some other projects before you go in and rebuild your whole site to get a few milliseconds faster. Yeah, I agree. Um, I know one I've talked about in the past as well is domain authority. I don't always think that this matters. I know that this is more so a ranking that like your SEO tools will give, you know, rather not, it's not necessarily a, a ranking that Google gives you, but um, I think this is also something that's dependent on the industry you're in or how competitive your area is um, and things like that, because I've seen sites in the top 10 in the local pack, um, you know, that are a domain authority of three. And is it because they are a local business that is um, just a new website or, you know, so I think there's many things that can be, that can play into why some sites have a higher domain authority and why some sites rank higher with a domain authority. But I don't think you always need a high domain authority to rank well, um, just based on what I've seen personally. Yeah, it's, I agree. I think it depends a little on the query too. Like sometimes you'll see, sure. you know, smaller websites that are, you know, even like blogs about health or whatever are outranking WebMD mm -hmm. for certain queries yeah. and they have a much lower domain authority, but mm -hmm. It's still a trustworthy source for that topic, according to Google. So it's not a Google ranking factor. Um, I think more emphasis is placed on it than need be. Certain industries, just by virtue of their industry, get really low DAs usually. Mm -hmm. And it takes a long time and a lot of work to build those up. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's worth working on, but it's definitely not like... It doesn't always important. mean you're going to rank higher. Yeah, it won't have like a direct impact on your traffic. Yeah. Any other hot takes that you would give? Okay, well, one more. Um, <laughs> there's a big misconception, I think, that Google algorithm updates are like a punishment, but my hot take is they're not out there intending to penalize websites. Mm -hmm. It's more of like a recalculation of Google's algorithm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they can do some good for a lot of sites. And I mean, they're there to help the user have a better experience most of the time. Um, so if your site provides a good experience, hopefully that would help your site in that situation, you know? 
agree. I think you should pay attention to them, but they're not something to be feared or look at as an intentional penalty. That's not a thing. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> should we move on to some new search features that let's Google has released? Yeah, let's look at some new search features. Um, so I know Google recently added um, something to the SERPs to kind of help weed out some of the misinformation that's going out there. I know nowadays there's, we're just being fed so much information. There are so many articles that you can read and opinions you can hear. So hope, Google's hopefully helping us out um, by weeding out some of the um, unsighted, no sources, content that comes through the search engines. So one of the ways that Google is trying to direct users away from misinformation and guide them towards better sources um, is adding a label that says highly cited source mm -hmm. um, right on the search results. So you'll see this label um, in the top stories maybe from like frequently cited news organizations. I think it's probably based mostly on like links that point to that. Yeah. That's what I would guess, yeah. Um, yeah, it says they're investing $10 million to help fight misinformation. Um, I think what spurred this on is uh, the war in Ukraine, just because there was so much information going around about that, and they wanted to provide information that was accurate. So um, I think this is a great change, especially since we're just being so inundated with so much information on a daily basis now. So it's a good change. Definitely. Another way that I think Google is trying to contain misinformation um, is by adding on to the about this result feature in SERPs. So when there are rapidly evolving topics that have a lot of news stories coming out and facts are kind of being released sort of in real time on the SERPs, um, you might also see if you click into that about this result for rapidly evolving topics. Um, I think that they've had that notice for a while that said something like, it looks like these results are changing quickly, but it's kind of added on to that recently. Um, I think there's a fact checking option now, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, Google kind of created this little fact check um, explorer that you can type in a topic or a person um, and it'll kind of give you um, information about whether that's a fact or if it's false or what's, you know, the surrounding information around it. So I think that's another good little tool that they're pushing. Yeah. One other aspect of that, I think the SEOs might be interested in, um, they have a markup tool available. Um, so you can add markup to your claim review if that's something that your content would qualify for. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, Sarah, do you want to go into the Google Lens multi-search? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I like really never geek out about this stuff, but I do think that the Google Lens search is cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I was, yeah, I was telling Tara, like we used it at a restaurant to look at, there's like an art print on the wall and you can use the Google app on your phone, hit the camera in the search bar and click the shutter button and it will return really accurate results on everything about that image. Um, you can use it on a product and it will give you a lot of e-commerce results. You can also, the new feature to it though, is 
instead of just adding, like just searching by that image, um, you can now search combining image and text. So if you search like an image of, um, I have like my tumbler cup of water here. If I search that, I can add like 32 ounce or orange color or Yeti or brand name or whatever in the text and it will search the image and the text together. Yeah, and Sarah and I were kind of discussing the results that we were seeing. We were like testing it out before this and um, whether they come from like Google Shopping or organic, um, I think it might be a mixture of both, um, but it's just very interesting. And we are like, just curious to see how it plays out and how it impacts traffic. And, and um, we don't know if there's like a way we can really <laughs> implement this into SEO, but it's just cool to see another feature of the search engine, you know? Yeah. There's some really good examples on the Google blog, um, the keyword, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, one of them says, take a picture of your rosemary plant and you can add the query care instructions. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. So I think there's a lot of use cases for this, um, but yeah, it will be interesting to see um, if we can figure out some ways to optimize for that. And um, as always, like image optimization, I'm sure can't hurt adding alt text and file yeah, name. for sure. So. Love it. I think that's all we've got for today. If you have any hot takes, be sure to let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we'll see you on the surfs. Bye. Bye. That's What She Searched is powered by UTech. You can learn more about our work at utechagency.com. Perfect. Nailed it. One take. One take. We're professional. Should we do another one just for fun <laughs> in case? Sure. That's what's you. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Maybe we should keep that in. <laughs>